It's time for This Week in WordPress, episode number 152, entitled, Who Should Be on That Page? It was recorded on Monday the 1st of March 2021. My name's Nathan Wrigley, and as always, I'll be joined by Paul Lacey, and also this week by Bernard Grinnell, and for the very first time, by Tim Nash as well. There's a lot to talk about, as always. WordPress 5.7 is around the corner, and so we spend quite a bit of time digging into what's coming. Also this week, a bit of a controversy as Bluehost were accused of misusing WordPress trademarks, and quite a lot of things were dug up when we talked about that. Also, what about WordPress's popularity in search over the period 2019, 2020, and 2021? What's happening? It's definitely changing. WooCommerce is going up and themes are going down. Also, we talk about the state of full site editing and talk about how GeneratePress, as well as Oxygen, are handling that going into the future. It's all coming up next on This Week in WordPress. This Week in WordPress is brought to you by Cloudways. Cloudways is a managed cloud hosting platform that ensures simplicity, performance, and security. It offers cloud servers from five different cloud providers that you can manage through its intuitive platform. Some of the features include 24-7 support, free migrations, and dedicated firewalls. Check it out at cloudways.com. And by AB Split Test. Do you want to set up your AB Split Tests in record time, like in a couple of minutes? Use your existing pages and test anything against anything else. Buttons, images, headers, rows, anything. And the best part is it works with Elementor, Beaver Builder, and the WordPress Block Editor. You can check it out and get a free demo at absplittest.com. Hello there, good afternoon, depending on where you are, I suppose, in the world. Welcome to This Week in WordPress, number uh, 152, I think we're on. I'm joined this week by three lovely guests, one of whom I don't think Tim Nash, you've been on this before, but welcome, Tim Nash. How are you doing? I'm all right. Thank you very much for having me. And no, uh, I was meant to come in in January and then uh, things happened. Yes, that say no more. But we're joined by Tim Nash <laughs> um, and we'll no doubt uh, be plumbing his expertise during the show because he's a very, very knowledgeable person. Speaking of knowledgeable person... Uh, Bernard Grinnell is joining us again as well. How are you doing, Hello. Bernard? Well, quite good, quite good. Good, good. Bernard, you're in nice a different day. location. Where are yeah. you today? Uh, I've been here before on the show. In, I'm in, in Corinthia, in, in the south of Austria, on a business trip, a little bit of skiing, and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. my graphic designer, she, she lives here, so we meet up on a regular basis to just catch up and have a little bit of fun, and yeah. Nice. Oh, well, that's lovely. And finally, um, Paul Lacey. How are you doing this week, Paul? So, am I not a clever person? So... Uh, do you know no! what? The, the, moment, the moment the words Paul Lacey left my lips, I thought I didn't <laughs> say he's a clever person. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. So, well, it's probably true. Uh, so, yeah, I'll just be Paul Lacey, WordPress consultant over here. Um, I, I'm not, I'm a bit clever. I know a few things. But I'm definitely not as clever as Tim and Bernard. And uh, That's, Nathan, I don't think we've ever true. tried to out-clever each other, so we haven't figured out who's the cleverest yet. Out of <laughs> well, so, I don't think there's very, I think there's very little point in doing that because there's mm. only one winner, and it's um, 
and it's Tim, basically. Tim's going to win. Yep. So, <laughs> oh, you mean me and you? Well, yeah, I think one yeah. day we should have a game of Kaplunk or something to uh, to finally decide. <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah. Connect let's, four. Let's just, let's just stay friends. Okay, yeah. okay. Um, safer that way. We will get on with some WordPress stuff in a minute, but uh, Cameron Jones in the comment, for some reason last week we ended up talking about plumbers a lot, and inadvertently I just used the word plum. Uh, so, no, that was not a reference to last week. It was entirely by accident. But thank you for joining us all the way from Australia, Cameron. I don't know what time it is there, but thanks for, I'm guessing, staying up late. And, George, how are you doing? If you have any comments, sorry for this bit, guys, but we have to sort of go through this. If you've got any comments, please go to wpbuilds.com forward slash live. You need to be logged into Google because that's a YouTube uh, stream. And if you're in our Facebook group, you can go to wpbuilds.com forward slash Facebook and you can comment over there. And any comments that you put, we should be able to see um, and we'll put them on to the screen if we can. This is all about the WordPress news for the week commencing 22nd of February. So basically this time last week, I go around and find the bits that I believe are interesting. And then Paul and I generally have a chat on a on a Friday afternoon and and he says, no, none of those are interesting. How about these seven instead? So we use those. <laughs> and that's how it goes. But we are gonna we are gonna talk about WordPress stuff. Um we are wpbuilds.com. I'll just share my screen. There we are, wpbuilds.com. We produce a podcast each week, and this episode, we're calling that This Week in WordPress. If you want to keep up to date with any of that stuff, there's a menu link here. Subscribe. Just fill out the forms. There's things like the option to subscribe to us on your podcast player of choice or join our Facebook group, the usual stuff. We post all of the news episodes in this archive here. Uh, it's called This Week in WordPress Video. So if you ever wanted to go back, I feel that most of the content in here is probably of limited value after the week is gone because we move on to the next week. Nevertheless, there it all is. And if you want to subscribe to our newsletter specifically, uh, we use a third-party SaaS app for this now um, called Curated, and it's over at news.wpbuilds.com. So that's all I've got to say. Let's make a start. So the first thing I wanted to mention this week was this piece over on WordPress.org. It is to say, actually, it's a, it potentially could be a little bit stale by now. And in all honesty, there might be two or three pieces that have been written since this, but this is the one that caught my attention. WordPress 5.7 release candidate uh, has been announced. And you can see, if you're looking on the on the live, you'll be able to see the, the points that are of interest. But if you're not, I'm going to read them out because you might be listening to this on audio. Robots API and media search vi uh, engine visibility. I didn't explore that one too much. So if anybody in a minute has something to say, let me know. We've also got the detect HTTPS support. And apparently this comes with a button. You can now click a button. And rather than having to go and fill out two fields and then click save and then get booted out and log in again, you can... You can support HTTPS with a button. Lazy loading iframes, jQuery, we're trying to migrate that over. And the hopefully that we're on the last legs of that. We've got this deprecation notice cleanup. We mentioned a couple of weeks ago this admin color palette is being standardized. I forget who did that work, but we had a color palette that we showed on the screen of about 70 colors. And the idea is to distill it down to about seven, I think it was. And then, of course, we've got the newest version of Gutenberg. Um, I, I will just carry on for a few more seconds, if that's all right, guys, because there's a little bit more to go with this, uh, because there's a second article connected to this all about the fact that uh, in 5.7, we have the ability 
to let administrators send password reset links. So if you're looking at the screen, you'll be able to see um, Sarah Gooding underneath her profile picture. There's the option to reset the password link, and we can talk about how we might find that beneficial a bit later. And finally, I'll throw it in the mix now. Um, this is an article over at make.wordpress.org, um, and it's entitled Introducing Script Attributes Related Functions in WordPress 5.7. That's probably above my pay grade, so probably we'll have to get Tim to discuss that one. But there we go. Lots coming down the pipe. Any, anybody want to jump in in any order? Just yell fastest. Well, we all thought that the um, the biggest news in this uh, release was the password reset link. And that was good news to me. But um, Tim, who understands more about this stuff, has highlighted that the inline JavaScript feature is way more important. I didn't really understand why um, and what it means and stuff. But, um, so, Tim, I was going to, um, apart from being really delighted about the password reset feature, because having clients, that's really, you know, a, a useful thing to not have to write that email of describing, have have you tried clicking the <laughs> button? Yeah. Oh, no, I haven't. Um, so the JavaScript thing, the fact that you've highlighted it means it must be important. So I wondered, um, what what does it mean to like the everyday user and, um, and developers as well? Well, the short answer for is right now, this very second, not a lot. Long term, this is a, this will be a feature that can be built on top of. So the idea is um, normally we have a, a method for enqueuing script files, whether they be on a remote resource or bits. So, uh, and that's pretty standardized. Most developers get that you're meant to enqueue a piece of, if you're going to uh, add a CSS file or a JS file, you enqueue it. When it comes to inline scripts, people, it's a bit more wild west. There are many ways you can do it. <laughs> None of them good. Um, and they result in just random blocks of JavaScript and CSS on your page. This is, apart from being really a pain because you can't necessarily find the blocks, you don't know what plugin generated those blocks, et cetera, et cetera, has a second problem, which is um, if you're looking at doing things like security headers and content security policies, which is a uh, content security policy is effectively a firewall for your browser. So it allows the site to say only the following scripts should be run on this site. Uh, and, uh, and that's really handy because you can say uh, if this if script from badhacker.com runs on my site and I haven't whitelisted that. So on my allow list, please don't run badhackerscript.com. But right now, if you wanted to do that in for the WordPress admin area, we couldn't do something where we could say we only run certain bits of JavaScript on the page um, because we don't know what bits of JavaScript we're running on the page. So we don't know whether that piece of JavaScript that's running on the page at the moment is good JavaScript or malicious JavaScript. We so we have to in our content security policy declare, yeah, please allow anything called anything that on the page to just run. And it's referred to as unsafe inline. And I think there's probably a hint in the name, of, you know, <laughs> when you're having to type out in a content security policy, unsafe, wait, am I doing this inline? Yep. Mm -hmm. So um, so what this will allow us to do is we'll be able to finally know what scripts are being generated by WordPress. And we can see what WordPress is generating. We will be able to do things like add nonces to the scripts to say, hey, 
I'm going to generate this one-time code, which I'm going to reference for all the scripts on the page. If a script or a CSS block doesn't have a nonce, then don't let it through. Uh, that's a way down the line. At the moment, it's getting these uh, this basic code into place. Get And the next step is the big and the hard one. It's going to be convincing everybody who's ever wrote any development code who's wrote some <laughs> inline scripts to convert it to the new system. Hence why I said, this is great, not today. <laughs> but it's yeah. a really important feature. And it's going to be one of those features that you're going to find a lot of the a lot of education is going to be needed to really make it work. Um, your current builds, this isn't going to gain great benefit from. Your new builds, and as you start to build, particularly for theme developers and any plugin developer who has to do anything involving the front end, both uh, the admin or the front end of the website, these scripts are going to be, these new ta uh, functions are going to be fantastically useful. And by using them, you're going to make everything better. So please use them. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious as to why, why this hasn't been made more prominent in the future. And also, I'm just wondering if, if do you know, Tim, maybe you do, maybe you don't, whether they're sort of borrowing this from, I don't know, another CMS, for example, somebody's sort of taking the lead on this and WordPress is playing catch up or, or is WordPress actually out front here? Uh I was about to say a really mean comment that WordPress is never out front. That's not actually <laughs> true. Uh, but uh, it's, it's, it's one of those weird bits where we could have standardized this a long time ago. It's just never had the impetus that someone to drive it forward. Um, but there's now a real change generally on the web. A lot of places are um, getting this idea that, hang on, we probably don't want card skimmers taking payments out of our WooCommerce sites, for example. Um, so mm. you, most people will be familiar with MageCart. Having a good, strong CSP, a content security policy, would protect against most card skimming, if it, unless they get really clever about it. Um, so there's, a, there's been a subtle change that from when we ha first introduced enqueuing uh, scripts, there's been, the world has changed a lot since then. And so this is just a sort of next, next generation, if you like. Um, yeah. But it's going to, I say, a reason I think it's not been massively promoted is that this is one of, it, before you can fully make any real use of this long term, we've got to get the education in place. Um, so I expect to see a drive on, hey, use these, use these new functions where possible. Mm. Mm. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, that was, thank you. Thank you for that. That was a real nice, short, yet deep dive into why this is there. I, honestly, this is the sort of thing that would have kind of passed me by. So that's really, I'm pleased that you mentioned that. That's mm. great bringing that it to is, the fore. It's over my head as well, to be honest, but just the fact that there's, you know, some good announcements about something that it's not just the main thing is the latest Gutenberg changes or something to um, upset me. There's some good things for you know some some different headlines you know for different types of users and and I think that's that's cool. So I don't know if that's like a different faction of people who work on those sort of things and again and managing to get them pushed through. Um, I'm not sure, but it seems like it's good news that it's moving in in the right direction under the hood in other aspects of WordPress as well. It's it's a lot of the little things get pushed through as mm. almost silent releases and you only find out about them afterwards. And it, it, one of the, unless you follow the make blog, which is a really good tool for developers to follow. Yeah. Not necessarily the most easiest thing for 
for someone who would just consider themselves a user or just who is an administrator, they often, as you say, go over most people's heads. But the downside to that is they make terrible video materials. Showing off the latest Gutenberg changes is nice and visual, and you can understand why they get into the video. Um, <laughs> yes. Function yes. calls, not so much. But the information's <laughs> out there. And each iteration, there's normally one or two tiny improvements. It just doesn't feel like it goes at the same pace. It's interesting because I'm back on the the WordPress 5.7 release candidate piece, and and it just does that. I could be wrong, but it doesn't look like it gets a mention. It maybe isn't one of the. Maybe they try to limit it to six or seven headline pieces. But um, there you go. Fascinating. Thank you. That was really good. the The bit that was of interest to me was the the sort of more aesthetic stuff. You know, the color palette stuff, <laughs> but, as well but, as the. Sorry, Bernard. Don't, um, Nathan, don't worry. You still got uh, 61 colors to choose from. So yes, yes, I'm not <laughs> not, not displeased. It, it, it I, yeah. I kind of like this. I like the endeavor to make that all standardized. Though I must must admit, I was liking what I was reading about that. But also this this password reset link thing. I sign up to quite a lot of things on WordPress, um, and a lot of it might be oh, I don't know memberships to things and what have you, and really frequently. I mean, it's not every time. It's probably not even one in five. But quite frequently, the process that you have to go through to sign up for things is the password reset. And so they tell you that they, you've got an account, but that you know, in nowhere in the email, the, the template that they've created, do they say go and do this? You just have to figure it out. And I've always thought it's really odd that we don't have that, and now we do. But it maybe is cluttering up the the UI a little bit because it's quite a long link and it's squashed in amongst all the other little links. I know that Dan Dan maybe the other day was saying he felt it was making an already cluttered UI slightly more cluttered. But at least we've got it now. I can see this being blooming helpful. And yes, Paul, you don't have to squirrel away that email template mm. to use when a client gets locked out. Yeah, it's good news. Yep. Hmm. Okay, doke. I think we've done the WordPress five point seven bit in that case. Uh, should we move on to the Bluehost story, Paul? We had a, an interesting one yep. this week. It's mentioned on WP Tavern, Sarah Gooding. Yeah, Sarah Gooding uh, wrote an article. It's entitled, Bluehost misuses WordPress trademark, reigniting the controversy over recommended hosts page. So just to talk about what the recommended hosts page is, if you go to the WordPress website, somewhere in the nav, there's a link to a page called Hosting. And on that page, there are three recommended hosts, which, to be honest, seem to be the same since 2007 or so. I think, especially because two of these hosts, Bluehost and Dreamhost, I remember when they were the cool hosts, like those were like, oh, yeah, you know, they're like the, you know, small companies and stuff like that. And, uh, they you know, they give you a lot of RAM and everything. And then SiteGround's on there as well. So you've got Bluehost, Dreamhost and SiteGround. So SiteGround to me is more... Uh, recent I think uh, but Dreamhost and Bluehost just feel like big companies that one once upon a time we used to talk about in a in a in a kind of um, positive way but I don't think that any of these companies that you see on the uh, recommended hosting page other than maybe SiteGround tend to come up in almost any community conversation about WordPress hosting. So this page seems to have been the same for a long, long time. There's a message on the page that talks about how to get listed on the page and that they update it ever so often, which clearly they don't, which might just be an administrative <laughs> error or something, or they just didn't highlight that. But this this story comes up ever so often. 
that why are these three hosts the recommended ones? There's always a lot of conspiracy theories. Some of it's true. Some of it might not be. I don't know. Um, the uh, Bluehost is owned by EIG, I think it is. And apparently they were an investor at some point in Automatic years and years ago. Apparently at some point there was some affiliate links on here, but there aren't any more. So people are wondering why are these, you know, first of all, setting the scene, why, why are these links even on the page? Um, <clears throat> the actual uh, article this time that has resurfaced this um, discussion is that um, Bluehost tweeted a promotion about their hosting and they used the WordPress logo in their graphic, which is a violation of the trademark in advertising. And they said in their tweet, um, there's a reason WordPress officially recommends Bluehost more than other hosting service. It didn't say the reason was because there was an investment years ago. It also didn't say that no one's updated the page, but it definitely implied that they must be awesome in to, to be on that page, um, which, which is debatable as to why that page hasn't changed, to be fair. Um, but the story this time is that the logo has been used in the graphics. Um, what's also interesting to me about this story, other than the violation of the terms, is that... Um, Josefa Hayden Chomposi, uh, yeah, who is the WordPress executive director of WordPress.org, um, immediately got involved in this and scheduled a call with Bluehost to find a resolution. So apart from you know the, the aspect of why is the hosting page never change, why are those three companies there, the issue around using the logo to me feels more like a, somebody who just worked in marketing didn't know. But then, the, then flip to another interesting side. It's like, is it Joseva Hayden Chomposi's job to call up Bluehost when they use the logo in in there? So it doesn't seem to me like that's. Seems to me, Joseva does a lot of stuff. You know, she must be quite tired. But anyway, that's the story. Um, it's an interesting one because it's throwing up the drama again. And there's some good comments on the uh, WordPress Tavern that bring up some evidence of past violations and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, I don't know, guys. What do you what do you think? Uh, just to say that um, thirteen comments on a WP Tavern article is is a pretty good row of comments, actually. And there were thirteen on this. You know, and when you get into the twenties, it's usually something really controversial. So mm. there's obviously a bit of feeling. I confess, I didn't read the comments, but just could I ask Tim in particular, as somebody who until last year was working with a hosting company. Does this sort of stuff, does it irk? Is it irritating? Is there? It, can you think of any good reason that stuff is there? Does it seem anti-competitive? What's going on? About four years ago, they, they announced that they were going to do a new round of uh, updating of that page and invited people to make applications. And I remember sitting around a table with a sizable part of 34sp.com's uh, certainly all the marketing people we had, we were all chatting about how we write our application. The naivety in this was beyond, because we thought, because, you know, they were talking about how it might be regionalized. It might even be by country. And, and it's like, oh, well, by country, we're assuring. Yeah. 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 If it's by country, we're assuring. We're like, at the time, we were the only WordPress managed host in the country. This was not going to be a problem. We wrote our pitch, did all that, heard nothing. The site never changed. I think, I mean, the, the sensible solution is to remove it. Um, 
Yeah, it is a conspiracy. I mean, depending on how much tinfoil hat stuff you want to go into, you could easily come up with very pl- conspiracy theories that are plausible, not not just wild out there ones. It's quite easy to, to come up with a fairly plausible <laughs> conspiracy theory that would pass muster and might even get you to the point of somebody taking you serious and sort of going, well, that's almost fraud level. But um, I don't for one second think that. I actually think it is a simple... It is, what typically happens in WordPress, and I think um, Paul's comment about Josepha probably uh, is an indication of the, it, she didn't jump on this because it was anything to do with her. I'm pretty sure she did, jumped on this because she is a really nice and b one of the very few people who seems to be any good at communicating anything from our, from the senior leadership team in a reliable way that people understand and truly get emotionally. Whenever things like this happen, it is a big ball of emotions. Everybody thinks of, of hosting as being big companies. And EIG for endurance is a massive company. And GoDaddy are a massive company. The next tier down, the difference in the gulf between them and the next competitors is so, so far. Um, and for, small, for smaller hosts, who, and we, when we're talking about smaller hosts, they have hundreds of thousands of customers. They are small, tiny hosts. For those, being on that page would change their business model. The three people who are on that page currently, their business model probably isn't affected by being on it. Hmm. That's an interesting, with the possible exception of Dreamhost, who are a bit, who are in the next tier down. SiteGround and Bluehost, if they were taken off, they would see a massive dip in their traffic, but they wouldn't change their business model completely. If somebody, uh, if one of the smaller hosting companies got on that page, overnight their business would change. Right. They would be swamped with customers. Potentially any, anything up to 40,000 customers a day suddenly appearing, uh, potentially coming towards them, at least hitting their landing pages. They are going to be overwhelmed very quickly. And I think Matt's argument has always been, look, we have to put the biggest people on here who can handle that. Um, which is a rubbish argument. Don't get me wrong. I don't think it's a good argument, but I can understand why they're saying it. So we have to have these really big companies on here. We can't have smaller companies on here because the, even if they got lousy support, they can at least sign you up and get you, a, get you an account. If we put a smaller company on here, they're probably not going to be able to sign you up because their site will fall. <laughs> which, you know, is a sort of fair. But um, oh, yeah, I mean... I just take the page off. I don't understand why he hasn't. It causes, I mean, when you are a person who runs a massive multi-million dollar company, you have a bunch of other stuff you have to be doing. To say I'm taking personal charge of auditing a single page which has three links on it. Surely you just go, I don't give up monkeys about this and I'm just going to delete the page. I'm amazed he hasn't done it. Let's I'm, let's read. I'm just going to read in full the the piece the, the reply from Mullenweg on the WP Tavern article. I, I can't provide any context of where this fit in the narrative or what you're saying, but this is just what it says. Uh, when the when the list when the list is open, anyone can apply. Um, I refer the honourable gentleman to the moment to the comment Tim gave a few moments ago. I take 100% <laughs> responsibility for the editorial, though in the past and future we have people help test testing hosts and collating all the threads in the forums. I also get a fair number of people emailing, emailing me directly feedback about the hosts listed and how the host follows up in this is is part of my evaluation. 
It's true the list of hosts hasn't changed in a while. It's an interesting use of the word while, I in suppose. In a while. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the current list is is as good, is, sorry, is all in good standing. I stand by the long-term behavior and service of every company linked on the page. It is past due for open applications again, but I have prioritized my other work on .org. No one can pay to be on the page, and there are no affiliate payments made for customers sent from that page. It's free, opinionated, and editorially driven. I actually don't quite understand what that sentence means. Um, I do believe it drives many millions a year in business, which is why the potential for things like bribery or conflict is high if it were open to a larger group deciding who's on there. Nobody at best. <laughs> yeah, I, I, think, I think Tim has possibly the best solution of all. Yeah, you know, if there is concern about the millions that could be generated, and there's a panel of people in there and you've then got to make a judgment about who ought to be on there and who has literally no connection, then what's the point in the page uh, if it's only three companies who are getting a really big share of the pie from that? And Tim, you just sort of alluded to the fact that if if we put tinyhost.com on there tomorrow, it would probably sink them in the short term till they manage to recover. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, and, um, and some yeah. of them are even are even not the best options, in my opinion. So why put them there? I mean, I don't understand it. Just uh, get rid of I, it. I, yeah, I think so. I think the the comment at the beginning about him prioritizing his work on .org is probably the most illustrative. It's it, I'm guessing it just sinks to the bottom of the list of things to do. Um, ah, that's fascinating, though. Really fascinating that you went through all that pain and process and sat all of your team around and and then it, it fell into a black hole. Yeah. Yeah. So it, that, that also, you know, if we, what did he say? Uh, maybe it's time to open up the, the listing again. Hmm. Okay. Probably, all right. Oh, yeah. Um, quick, quick, quick. Um, uh, what you said to him about uh, Josepha, she's very approach, seems, seems very approachable. And I, I hope that I get to meet her at some point at a WordCamp uh, because she does seem very approachable. And, um, I think you're right because it feels like there isn't many other of the people that y that you can name and um and think oh that's that's the person that you and you have lots of companies where you have this concept of this brand ambassador thing these days so a company has it needs to be on it needs a company needs to have its kind of support from the the, the louder people and the and the, the the mob as such um I wonder if wordpress.org I don't know if it works with the whole system with how it is open source and everything. I wonder if it needs more brand ambassador type people who can listen and feedback and make a, a real impact. Because I know Matt talks about, you know, I do read the tweets, I listen to this and you'll be surprised, you know, some of the things that, that I read, uh, you know, they do get pushed through. But no, I don't think people really feel like it does. And then that's why we have all these ridiculous, well, not ridiculous, but, you know, conspiracy theories sometimes <laughs> and everything. I don't know. I think um, it, uh, WordPress is a massive project and yeah. putting people on pedestals and saying, I am a, I am associated with brand and I'm your, and the place to point <laughs> to sort, sort of to mm. point your concerns at when it comes to WordPress. I don't want that job. Pretty just much, to say. Yeah. It's pretty much saying, please, please put me in front of the firing squad. I, I mean, I, I, mm. I remember that the vitriol that members of the Gutenberg team went through whenever one of them stuck their head off the power pit and then people complained <laughs> that they weren't communicating enough. And it's like, well, last time they tried Can to you communicate, you, yeah. you literally hit, went at them with a baseball bat 
I mean, you know, <laughs> you're talking about do, do they need bodyguards? Not not do they, should they turn up at events? Um, so and yeah, you see the stuff with the uh, with uh, Mika and the plugins team that was recent recently, and the how she's getting death threats just because. She's oh my lord, that was the, the most horrific so, article. It's very yeah. difficult to suggest it. I mean, who would want to be a brand ambassador for WordPress? And I mean, on paper, it sounds fantastic until you've just put it in that context. Mm. And I, I think, yeah, Josepha's really good at diffusing situations. And uh, this is a yeah. good example where you might query, why on earth did it go up to her? But the answer is it went up to her because she could stomp on it quickly mm. and come back to you and give an answer that sounded like, oh, wow, some dealing with it and you know sure enough dealt with um and yeah i think that's why we why she does so well is because yeah really good at communicating and that's something that's been lacking in mm. what is a predominantly boys club driven it's changed <laughs> massively in the last few years but it has been very much the same four or five people at the top and they sometimes aren't the greatest communicators so it's good that we're getting more people at the top who are now Understanding that perhaps talking before the baying mob comes and knocks on your door helps, you know, stop baying mobs generally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's very brave. Yeah, but you will you will always maybe. get people who disagree with the decision that that have been made. So it's it's it's, it's there will never be a unanimous. Yeah, we all like it or we all hate it because everybody has a different angle coming at the project because it's used used in such many different ways. I mean, it's gotten such a big enterprise in the end, if you think about it. I mean, uh, we discussed the numbers two weeks ago. It's, it's, it's just mind-blowing what happened in the last years. And it still seems WordPress is growing. So, Well, um, spoiler alert, we'll come to that a little bit later. We've got an article about the growth of WordPress. By the way, we transcribe this. Um, we transcribe this thing. And I... I foolishly just plucked out of thin air tinyhost.com and I would just like to make it very clear to the owners of tinyhost.com who uh, who Chris actually Chris in the comments pointed out that they you should go to tinyhost.com it is without doubt the most slimmed down version of a host I've ever seen uh, and they they need the HTTPS button by the way just saying um, <laughs> we weren't mentioning you that was just purely by accident if you come Marcus, with your lawyers, <laughs> you're probably lawyer. Um, uh, other small hosts are available. Yeah, other small hosts yeah. are available. That's right. And Chris, to that point, says, why not just have a huge directory, especially for those looking for a hosting company in their native language? I, I could, I could see me sort of drilling down on like UKness of that. You know, if there was an international version, and I could drill down to ones based in the UK. But then he goes on to say, Chris Hughes in the comments, that is. Some bad actors and perform poor performance hosts, but let's be honest, two ninety nine Bluehost is going to be like Treacle with Woo. I quite like Treacle, just so that you know. Uh, <laughs> let's uh, let's leave the Bluehost conversation behind, and we'll mm, move. Do you think um, tinyhost.com right now are just struggling? They're probably, I mean, forty thousand people possibly as a result of listening. You know, the I podcast. Know. I, think. I know. But you can imagine. Can you? Can you? Yeah, exactly. I think we've exactly. probably changed their business. They don't want to be. They don't want to be a part of that page. They yeah, just want a mention. Like this. a very, a 
very basic static side, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Might handle yeah. It. <laughs> Listen, there was absolutely no intention for me to in any way uh, uh, promote Tiny Host or in, indeed mention them. I just a mistake. Right. Okay. Let's go on. Let's move on to, to this piece, which is, uh, let me just put the screen back on. There we go. Um, this is a big, long piece. Take, take a, well, go and grab a large coffee for this one. This is by Alex Denning over at getellipsis.com. Um, there's no way I'm going to do this piece justice. I, I've, I've met Alex a couple of times at WordCamp London and a very, very amiable and likable chap. And he's really gone to town in this one. Um, and he's putting together the search trends for 2020. And just to paraphrase it, really, it's probably about a 10-minute, maybe a 15-minute read if you actually stop and look at the graphs and try to understand it all. But the, as you would well imagine, the, the sort of searching overall for WordPress has gone up, um, especially during 2020. WooCommerce, uh, I'm showing a graph at the minute where we're looking at the percentage increase in, Woo, in WordPress searches, searches related to WordPress. He, he splits that out a little bit more, and he's a bit more nuanced than the, than the graph I'm just going to show you. But um, percentage increase, increase for just WordPress um, and various words associated with that has gone up by 14%, which in any year is pretty incredible. Plugins has gone up by 18%. Uh, WooCommerce by an incredible 44%. I don't know if that trend is set to continue, you know, when when kind of the, the post-COVID world uh, finally uh, finally greets us and we're back to normal bricks and mortar shops. I wonder how many WooCommerce shops will sort of pass away or whether it will still maintain its interest. Certainly hope so. And then finally, Themes has gone up 9%. But in real terms, that could be seen as a decline. Uh, the expectation would be that that would have gone up uh, slightly more, and you'll you'll have to delve into the article. But yeah, essentially, WordPress is on the rise, as you might imagine. Look at this WordPress hosting. We've got on the screen um, average search volume uh, per per month, twenty nineteen. It was thirty eight thousand, thirty eight and a half thousand for just. WordPress hosting, those two words. You think they'd all to, go to wordpress.org slash hosting? Well, that's right. And, why, or just, are they not, just, why are they just searching? Type why in Bluehost that? or SiteGround or, yeah. And it's it's uh, it's gone up by 22%, uh, 47,000. I won't bore you with the statistics because if you're listening to this, it's going to be really uninteresting. But just, just to say, it's looking solid for plugins. It's looking really solid for WooCommerce, the stuff that Google's driving. A little bit less so. Uh, if you're in the theme business, and Alex tries to tries to go into why, so uh, curious about your thoughts. Well, I mean, why themes are less? It's easy because everything else got bigger. I mean, if I think back a few years, uh, there was one or two form plugins, and there was one plugin for this and that. And now take a look at how many how many form plugins are out there or how many options for e-commerce because you have Woo and you have others and uh, big commerce trying to get people over and, and stuff like that. And uh, I don't know, search engine, I mean, has been Yoast and not much more. And now we have so much many more ranked by CU Press and all the others, same for almost every area where plugins exist. So Naturally, there are more people searching for stuff in that area because the theme isn't the only thing. And um, I, I think that's, 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 that's the big reason behind it, that it's just a diversification we are seeing in WordPress. Mm -hmm. 
Paul, in your in your previous life with you know working in your agency, did you over the last year did you get more phone calls for WooCommerce related stuff, or was it just that sort of blended into the background? Because with that increase, you'd imagine that that's half of what the phone calls are these days. Um, I wouldn't say we got more phone calls, but um, but I, I'm using WooCommerce a lot more. I mean, just today, um, I think it's going to launch tomorrow, actually. Uh, we're launching a website for um, a kind of choir or opera consort, and they can't obviously do any performances at the moment. And usually they weren't doing any performances in their own venue because they didn't have one. It would be performances in different venues around the UK. But they're launching today or tomorrow uh, an on-demand one where they recorded some things and it's using WooCommerce and it's it's enabling the user to hmm. buy a season pass so they can watch the different uh, streams that come out on the 8th and then the 22nd mm-hmm. and the 3rd, etc. And so that's a company that was never going to use WooCommerce, but no. they are now and, and it's been an absolutely fantastic solution for them. Um, in terms of the, the themes coming, going down, I think that that seems natural. I don't think it means that the theme is dead by any means at all. I think it's just that maybe a few years ago, themes were what what lo- what businesses saw as the solution in WordPress. They, they, they needed to pick a theme and maybe they would pick X theme or Jupiter or one of the ones on Theme Forest or something like that because that's where you sort of had your one, well, especially the DIY would, would get their one-stop solution from the theme that came with all the things that you needed. Whereas I think now that the the people who are all doing those searches are probably not the people who already have their stack sorted out like we probably do. They're people coming into it going, where do I start? And the thing that they're not probably searching for is themes as much. I mean, I know that a lot of DIY users for tools like Elementor think that WordPress is the add-on and that Elementor is the main thing. And then <laughs> there's this like plugin called WordPress that sits in the back that doesn't look as good or something. And um, so I think I think the the trend is great for the growth. I, I don't think it's necessarily that WordPress is amazing. It's it's a it's a reflection of the success of WordPress, but um, yeah, I don't know. I think that that's me. WooCommerce, I can see it get bigger and bigger. Themes will become have their have their place in things, and then it will be interesting to see what happens around page builders in the next year or two. Um, but just just a note: if you do Google, if you do Google or uh, WordPress hosting, number two for me is the WordPress hosting page on WordPress.org. <laughs> is it? <laughs> it's number one on DuckDuckGo with with no ads uh, showing. So it's almost like they they are sucking off all that that yeah. Well, sorry, I'm going back. I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop that. We're past, um, that. We're past that. Yeah, it's just fascinating. Just a breathtaking amount of um, time being spent on WooCommerce at the moment by a lot of people. And the um, the article is actually picked up by Chris Lemmer, who has a piece about it. It's kind of a follow on piece, and he talks about the WooCommerce growing uh, during this period. And he he comes from a I, I, is he is it Nexus that he works for? Yes. What's the, is it Nexus, yes, Nexus? Nexus Liquid Web. That's the name that I'm more familiar with. Are they they're one and the same thing? Um, yeah, yeah one bought the other. I don't know which oh. which way it went, but I think one was bought by the other, so okay. they are combining the stuff. It, Tim, you were saying their specialist is bought 
they actually accidentally bought each other out. Um, there was just so much money they just just left. <laughs> <laughs> the exact so now, same so moment. Now, so now they just put both. Just yeah, they, yeah. they bought each other out. That's a good. Well, that's brilliant. Um, anyway, he picks this up um, and talks about the growth, not just for uh, small businesses. And he makes the make goes into pain to say, "I don't really know what small is, but but the fact that there's now some seriously large um, businesses, well." you know, millions of dollars businesses using WooCommerce. I kind of never really never really thought that would be the place where people would go for million-dollar businesses or felt that WooCommerce wouldn't be that. They'd have something bespoke or, you know, I, I don't know. But no, so I'm told it's just it's just great if you've got those huge businesses as well. Anyway, he links to Alex. last. It's called Last Week in WooCommerce, WooCommerce Growth. I, Did you, Tim, go on. I was going to say, I would like to say that this is someone who basically specializes in WooCommerce hosting, telling you WooCommerce is great. Yes, you're right. Yeah, uh, In fact, if you look at the piece at the beginning, you only need to, this this first paragraph sort of says that. Did you did you say that his, the company that they work for, Liquid Web Nexus, that's a specialist that they deal primarily in WooCommerce? That's their thing. The Nexus, they, they, they seem to have moved it so that the Nexus brand is their WooCommerce focused side got it um so liquid web is a has been a lot i'm going to use that word large but actually in scale not large compared to some of you but they're a, a fairly big company and they're using the nexus brand for, to drive their woocommerce side um I, I can't yeah but, with but they, they, <laughs> a few years back already liquid had started to do optimization for woocommerce in the background like moving stuff to separate tables like when WooCommerce started to enable all that stuff. So they, they focused heavily on, on improving performance with WooCommerce sites uh, in key areas. So it's, it's, it's natural that they uh, promote it. Um, and I don't, I wonder, I mean, I, I haven't used any other real shop solution besides WooCommerce. Uh, and I think it, it's partly uh, you WordPress had success because it was easy, accessible, and usable, and you had many use, people using it. And me, like like Word, everybody knows knew how to use Word, so maybe it was the de facto standard. I don't know. And it's I think it's still compared to other tools fairly easy to extend or to modify because you right. fastly find a, a PHP developer who can do maybe not in the best way, but in a way that works for you. Uh, iterate on your WooCommerce store and if you try that for Magento or other tools, uh, you pay far, far more money. Mm. So it's... The, it's... I, I'm just going to say that our, uh, Matt report, Matt Medeiros did a, an interview with Matt Mullenweg recently. Two Matts on one podcast at once. Um, and he was... Matt was... <laughs> you can't even say Matt M, can I? Matt Mullenweg <laughs> was really, really bullish about the, the the chances of WooCommerce being, a, you know, almost like one percent of what it's capable of being right now. When I when I came into the WordPress space, I don't know, seven or eight years ago, it felt like people would talk about WooCommerce in amongst other stuff as part of their blog. It would be a thing. Whereas now, I can there's like whole blog networks, and you know, you've got blogs just only talking about woocommerce it's mm. growing and growing and obviously it's a, a an area of, of strength and um chris hughes in the comments again thank you chris you're commenting a lot today he says he's got a few multi 
million dollar, sorry, a few million dollar woo sites that he manages, digital products. As long as you know the limits, it's okay. But he does rely on ex- external services. Metoric, I can't say I know what that is, but metoric, etc. he says. Okay. Statistics. All- oh, okay. There's a you. lot of money. There's a lot of money. There's going to be tons of money. I mean, when you click on the Nexus uh, website link, I was just browsing through. I was wondering, like the GoDaddy WooCommerce hosting has a bunch of, as a deal or something with Automatic, where they get, the, if you're a buyer of that product, you get a bunch of these extensions for WooCommerce like membership subscriptions some of those things that people need I was looking on the Nexus one they've made some deals I think and this is this is what all this acquisitions is always about you can see that if you sign up with the the WooCommerce deal with Nexus or LiquidWeb you're getting things like um, iThemes Pro you're getting Astra Theme Pro uh, you're getting a bunch of extensions that uh, like a, a pro thank you page creator which is which people need because um, I mean just this WooCommerce site that I was just making like these last few days, just to just to control your thank you page isn't it's just not really there to to do that in the core product. So with WooCommerce, it's going to be it's it's going to be absolutely massive. I think for uh, generating income for automatic and all the and all the hosting companies that can make the right <laughs> deals and everything. It's going to be astronomical money involved in this. We, we've had so many plugin developers on the show. There's a few lined up. I think I've probably got about three in the queue coming up soon about plugin developers who make a living out of just doing one tiny customization to WooCommerce carts. They offer the ability to modify the flow or the the layout or whatever. That is that keeps them that keeps their you know the the bills paid. Just that one little modification. It's amazing. Um, Right, let's let's put Woo behind us and talk about this piece, which is over on WP Tavern. This is Justin. Well, oh, crikey, we've got to 53 minutes into the podcast and we haven't mentioned Justin Tadlock. I'm going to go and have to have a sit down. Um, <laughs> we, we're on a piece called FSE, standing for Full Site Editing Outreach Round 2, Building a Custom Homepage with Gutenberg Site Editor. What's this all about, Paul? Well, this is the first of three... Um, I think the last three of our articles that we're covering, which all cover different ways that you can build WordPress in a full site editing kind of way. And this is obviously the official core version of full site editing with WordPress, which is obviously very early in its days at the moment. Um, Anne McCarthy, who works for Automatic and is uh, so as far as I can, as far as I know, I've chatted to her on, on Slack a little bit. Is is kind of her her job? One of her jobs at the moment is to help people through the um, the testing process and try and get people involved in the testing process of the full site editing. So from the WordPress Tavern article, there is a link at the top where you can click through to the testing page on the um, on the make.wordpress.org. And what it does on that website is talk you through step one, step two, step three, join in the dots to help you experience full site editing from the ground up where they're at at this point. And then, and then they're inviting you to feedback on that. So you start with um, setting up just the theme, the, word, the WordPress, and then you go into modifying your header a little bit. It asks you to create some, uh, a bit of a layout and then also to add a sidebar. And you can see that's what Justin has done. If, um, if anyone's watching rather than listening, you can see Justin, who is obviously um, very skilled, um, has created a, a, a nice looking page about um, 
a made-up restaurant called The Grilled Cheese, which he said that if he does open um, a business in this way, this is what he's going to call it, and this will be the website. Um, <laughs> so he's, he's had a go at it. Um, you can see in the screenshot that we're all looking at there that it does have a kind of area for where the logo would go. It does have a, a navigation set, and he has managed to make it look quite nice. Um, so anyone who wants to have a go at this, there is a step-by-step um, process that and and McCarthy's page talks you through and you can have a go and then you can feed back and um, it tells you how you can get involved and feedback on that as well um, so yeah that's the that's where they're at at this point um, the MVP does look very M- MVP and that it is their, their, their MVP I think and just ever has talked about this on her own podcast I think and in other places is really about can this system create a one-page website with a yeah, landing page yeah a landing yeah. page with with a nav bar and uh and that is that is i think what we're all starting to understand mvp means for full site editing so i'm gonna i'm definitely gonna give it a go i tried it the first time round, but i think i came into it a little bit late the first time round. and when i downloaded the latest version of the gutenberg plugin i couldn't get it all to work and i think that that was because they'd moved on from the test that I tried. So there is a deadline on this. I'm not sure. Let me just check what the deadline is. It's March. Um, let me just check for you. March, March the, the 1st, 5th. 3 p.m. March UK time. You've got four minutes. <laughs> March, <laughs> the 5th. March the 5th. So if you want to have a go of it, have a go of it this week and um, and then feedback and see what you think. And uh, we can learn a bit more about it. Did, what, my first question to you, Paul, would be, was it, was it intuitive? I know that you said that you you came unstuck possibly because things were not working. Did you did you find the bits that you were able to interact with were they intuitive? Because um, I know that you're used no, to using a particular tool. Hmm. It wasn't, but I think to give it in all fairness, I don't think it was working right because I have watched uh, a couple of videos of other people doing it, and. I wouldn't go as far as say it was intuitive, but it it worked and it was it, it was possible to do it. And Justin, you know, talks about in this article, you could have built the page much quicker in just pure HTML. But it is what it is at the moment. We're at the beginning of this process, really. I think that um, I think that the they've they've been talking about putting this into core, and that especially for myself, that's just made me think that they think it's done. Um, but but having talked to some of the people, I think that's the important thing. Sometimes that um, if we don't talk to the people, or you you get the impression that in fact we're defining we're defining goals and milestones completely differently. Um, especially if we're used to commercial products putting out an alpha and it being pretty fully featured. Mm. I, I have to say, I'm getting version I'm, two will be a bit better. Yeah, so I'm going to. I'm really that. getting familiar with this this UI we're showing on the screen. That if you lock Gutenberg's uh, what is it even called? The the editor interface to the top of the page. I've forgotten what the word is. I'm really getting familiar with that now, and everything seemed to have settled down nicely. Everything's where I expect it to be, and it has been for months now. Nothing is nothing major has changed, and this really just looks like it's adding extra options on the right. So the one that Justin's highlighting at the moment is um, I'm not entirely sure the query block, I believe it is, um, and. And it's all just sort of adding extra buttons and extra features. So, so long as they don't play with that too much, the the navigation kind of looks as though it's something a bit different because you've got you've got at the top in the middle 
obviously some sort of inspection of which which bit you're working at, at on the screenshot we're looking at there fiddling Dustin's fiddling with the footer and I guess there's no real way around doing that you've just got to isolate those things and put it somewhere but it looks it's all starting to look pretty familiar to me I, I like it I haven't played with it too much um, so I can't really say but I think ultimately this interface will always work for me. Yeah, well, I think one of the challenges at the moment is that the interface, I think people are getting really familiar with it for a text editor and for having column left image over here, video, putting the video there. And it seems to work really well for that. I know um, we haven't got it as one of our articles, but I know um, Elegant Themes, is that what it's called? Elegant Themes mm -hmm. for Divi? Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. yep, um, yep. Elegant Themes um, released an update to their plugin just last week actually and they if anyone's used divi builder the page builder it started out as like a back-end builder where you kind of saw everything in a sort of what what you would call a wireframe view so it's kind of structure you could see your columns you could see your rows and you could see your modules and then you click into a module or a row and you would edit the settings associated with that row module column or, or section and um they've obviously recognized that people still liked that but like to do it on the front end. So they've released something called wireframe view, which means that when you're looking at, when you're editing your Divi site, you can edit the front end in wireframe view. So it's not attempting to look like the website anymore. It's just showing you the structure. I think that's quite cool. But then the opposite of that, you've got the, the pure front end editing. And the challenge the block editor has got with this full site editing thing is that um, it's it's trying to be everything it's trying to be kind of like wireframe view structure navigation all in one thing and it's a really really difficult challenge and i think it's going to take a long long time to get there uh, i do think they'll get there because at some point i think the powers that be will realize some direction needs to some serious investment in time and money maybe needs to go into the ui and the user experience and at the moment they're on mvp stage so i've been criticizing the project quite a lot but i've probably been uh expecting too much and expecting where i think they are they are versus where they really are so we need to give them mm. lots lots more time i think yep tim bernard anything or should we move on well you know my my final couldn't work <laughs> it's not there yet i mean uh, they are trying, and it, it, it's good because if they had, would have stopped the WordPress 2.0, we wouldn't talking about WordPress anymore. So it's it's the natural thing to do to just iterate and and, and get better and better at the stuff they are doing. Uh, for me, it's 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 missing some key parts still, and uh, let's see if they ever get it in. Because for me, it's all all about the field connections or however you call them, and about mobile editing. And for uh, not adding on the mobile, but responsive stuff, and that's where Gutenberg, I don't know, isn't anywhere usable for me in the default state without any add-ons or stuff like that. My the, my use of it kind of frustrates me a little bit because it doesn't look exactly how I want it to look. <laughs> that is to say. I, I've got the representation on the screen and it's ever so slightly not how it looks when you click publish and view because you've got mm. all these extraneous blocks that aren't actually blocks. They're just 
well, they're places where you could put blocks. It's the plus icon that, you know, the, the, the yeah. one plus icon which expands the row that you're in by, I don't know, a couple of centimeters or something like that, 50 pixels or something. And, and, and so it just throws everything out. So you have to accommodate for that all the time. Whereas my experience with things like Beaver Builder, that none of that stuff is thrown in. It just really, really, really manages to have a great representation of what 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 you see is what you get. So I think those are the the obstacles. We're so used to it looking like it ought to look that when it doesn't, it's a bit a bit frustrating. Anything on that, Tim? Don't know if you use Gutenberg a lot or. Well, I've come from the point where I never used a, a any sort of builder. I, I just throughout. When I sort of started, there wasn't one. And uh, by the time things like uh, Visual Composer had turned up, they had destroyed any belief that a building software was a good idea to the point that <laughs> you know, they could be amazing. All the new, I, this, I'm sort of looking at what we're going to be talking about for the next few minutes. And I'm there going, eh, I haven't used any of these. Um, I use Gutenberg. Um, I use Gutenberg because Gutenberg is the future. I look at all the other builders and go, must suck to know that you're effectively going to have to either integrate with Gutenberg or die. There is no, and it will end up that way. So they've got to be now pondering one, one of those two routes. Do we take what we've got done and do we make Beaver Build a fantastically brilliant part of Gutenberg or do we go and find a new thing to do? And I think they did their little AI assistant thing on this. Yes. And you can see that they're diversifying. Um, and you can see people like yeah, Elementor uh, where it feels like they're sort of going, hmm, we might end up becoming more Gutenberg friendly and uh, generate press. I'm not got their blocks and things. Yeah, I'm not quite sure because take a look at, I don't know, Visual, Co Visual Compose and stuff like that. It's still out there and they're still making, I don't know, it's called VP Bakery now and they still have sites still being built on it. Um, and. Uh, Gutenberg is a great tool to make the, the, the editor better for WordPress. But uh, I don't know if they, they haven't yet figured out how to really make it to a full site experience, I guess. Because Elementor and Beaver Builder and all the others are ahead of them and they will keep iterating on their product. So the question is how fast will, will Gutenberg itself catch up or will they ever catch up because I, I don't know you have stuff in the core and still up. many plugins mm. which iterate on that which add features to that so uh, maybe it's it's the whole ecosystem and you still have a, a Gutenberg builder then which adds to Gutenberg like Floxy or I don't know like a generate blocks and stuff like that because Gutenberg just lays the groundwork I don't know it's interesting. Um, sorry, Tim, you carry on. No. no, I was just going to say, I don't think they need to catch up. They just need to be good enough that, that nobody goes to look for anything else. Yeah, yeah. That's... <laughs> they, might not, they might not catch up. They might not get the current people who use Elementor. They might carry on using that forever. But all the new people, and WordPress is increasing its market share. WooCommerce is increasing its market share. Those new people aren't going to be looking at Elementor. And, the, and hopefully we've managed to bury visual composer enough that they're not <laughs> ever going to find that uh, i'm sure visual composer is fantastic these days um but th those things will disappear because the market because people will just see this shiny builder and go well that doesn't mm. work with the shiny builder oh that must mm. be the old thing 
It's interesting because on over the last few months, Tim, we've had quite a lot of conversations, and the the one that's the one that sort of stands out as a success story is Elementor, which I'm you know you've just mentioned, so you've heard about it, and the the piece that we I've now closed the tab sadly, so I can't really resurrect it, but the Alex Denning piece about the the searches Elementor Elementor really bucked that trend over the last couple of years. They, they've somehow they've almost become well and. Again, I'll throw into the mix. They are about to throw a SaaS product out there, which I'm presuming is in some way built on uh, WordPress. I'm not entirely sure if that's true or not, but they've almost become a a, a brand. You know, you build an Elementor website. You you don't, and you never really need to interact with WordPress. So it is quite interesting. I think, I think, I think you're probably right, Tim. But I can see that for the, for a, a really long period people will search for Elementor and so on and just sort of build out with those solutions, possibly, and some of the other ones. And the market is just sort of separating a little bit. And and at the minute, they satisfy exactly what, what they, they, they need to achieve. You know, they can do all the full site editing. It really does look like it's supposed to look and so on. You know, you click save and all that happens is the editor goes away and everything's exactly as it was five seconds ago, just without the edit- editing Chrome. Um, whereas Gutenberg isn't there yet, and I j- just desperately want it to 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 show that to show that. Um, and it is slowly but surely these little component parts are dropping in full site editing. It's great. I'm loving it. I have to, but, I have to say my my opinion is getting changed slowly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I I do think that the page builders will continue to be um, relevant until there is a third party vendor that pulls that, that uses the, the Gutenberg um, basis and provides the quick solution for everyone that when someone actually onboards onto that solution totally works for them. So if you want a WooCommerce site, it's maybe like um, there's a couple of vendors out there now that are doing it and they've got a set of blocks, they've got some WooCommerce add-ons, they've got this and that, the other, they've got the core theme, etc. and they're presenting the entire solution. It's maybe not using full site editing, but if you combine all their tools, you can do the majority of the things that you wanted to do with Beaver Builder or Elementor or something else with just their tools, which are very block-based. I'm just, I'm just yeah, waiting but... for the segue. I'm waiting for the segue. When's he gonna say oh, it? No, I wasn't gonna say generate press, but- um, oh. No, I wasn't yeah, actually because Generate Press is doing a different thing. Generate Press oh. is, um, so so I was talking. I'm talking about cadence, really. That's what I'm talking about. When I think you go to a website and you see their templates, and their templates are ready to go, they look good, and they've got everything you need, and you don't need to use the page builder. And and if they can do that, then the future can be. Can, they they can outmarket that this is the good solution versus someone else who can go, don't use the block editor stuff. It's too difficult. Use Elementor. You know, they can say that at the moment and they can probably win that argument until things like Web Vitals comes really into play and uh, and the junk that comes with you know, something like Elementor that's, or Visual Composer, for instance, is just overwhelming on their Google rankings or something. Um, so I do, think it's, it, I do think it is possible, but it will take the block editor to be good enough that a third party can market it 
and make a ton of money out of it and then all the affiliates can make a ton of money out of it and basically the, the community can get on in it and start advocating this is great this is great because people don't like to advocate for bad experiences <laughs> they're not going to say you know you should use this it's really hard spent weeks Word, wordpress.com do my speed score yeah <laughs> Just um, saying. But yeah, the segue you were talking about. Was, yeah, uh, I, th I honestly thought talking. you were leading into that. Damn. I wasn't okay. actually. I wasn't. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's <laughs> well into it. <laughs> it does fit into it to a certain extent. Yeah, Generate Press um, have their Generate blocks, and they've, and we know because we've talked to Tom a few times that GP Premium 2.0 is uh, a massive relief for for Generate Press's um, add-on GP Premium because it introduces what they call here the the GP generate press theme builder essentially without going into too much uh, details here they are showing in a way how full site editing with dynamic data can be done with the block editor and i think there's them and there's toolset and probably pods pro is moving in that area uh, to be able to create archive pages single post templates uh, with ease, without having to understand the complexities of something like the the WordPress um, theme hierarchy and how that all works. Now, Generate Press has done a great job of this, and a lot of people are very excited about it. I'm pretty excited about it. I can't wait to have a play. Nathan, you've had a play with it. Essentially, it's something a bit like Beaver Thema, Toolset, Pods, all kind of... You can create the same kind of solutions. It's quite early in its release. This is 2.0. But Nathan, you, you've had to play with it, and they are, as you've said, still limited by the poor UI of the block editor in general. That it's still quite difficult to use because the tool that they're building on top of, of is is not quite easy to use enough for the, the typical user. Yeah, the 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 I basically followed. I, I, whenever you come across these tools, I always find the easiest way is just to follow a video tutorial if it's on the site and just sort of copy what they were doing. So that's basically what I did. And and so you on the screen now is something which I tried to achieve. And the the sort of disconnect here on the generate uh, blocks one is that you've got to you've got you've got like this metadata box at the bottom, which is where you've got to hook up where it appears. So you've got your you've you've gone out of the Gutenberg UI, and you've dropped into their proprietary display rules at the bottom. And it's easy to understand. It's a piece of cake. You just tell it where to go. You know, entire site or what have you. Um, but the the primary thing was just Gutenberg sort of getting in the way. You know, you would um, you would click on something and then you you weren't quite sure whether you'd clicked on it because things were nested within other things. So you had to use the I don't even know what it's called. Is it the inspector? The little three icons which indicate the hierarchy of the blocks and then select the right blocks so that you've changed the background color of the correct one, not the thing which it's contained in. And and then you get little residual bits like on the site, the little plus icon living in its full width box, taking up room in the UI gets in the way. But if you can get over all of those little stumbling blocks and you just, uh, just agree to accept that that's the compromise you've got to make at the moment, it worked. And, you know, you click update and look at it on the front end and it worked really well. And I do love the little container block that Tom's built where you can stick a container in, then stick a grid inside the container and then do what you like once you're in there. They're much more straightforward than anything I've seen. Um, but there were just some block, you know, again, going back to my um, my grandmother analogy, there's no way my grandmother could could have used this. There was just too many things to have, too many things you needed to understand 
uh, prior to getting involved. But watching the video really did help. But it's the future. This is, I think this is a really um, a novel way of doing it. But you can only imagine that in the future, a lot of this stuff that's at the bottom on the screen will have to drop into a menu on the right-hand side just to obey the, the conventions. Uh, the one, one thing that... just to give your... Um... Give, give the product its due or, or or to give it a break as such is that you did clarify to us that your grandmother has sadly passed away so yes <laughs> she she is she is she basically unable to build any websites um yeah. you've you've raised a, a sore point there paul i'm i'm just gonna go and have a little uh, weep over that, in the uh, i think the it was just fair to generate press to, to highlight yeah that, but, no it's good um, and it's well, uh, considering what's available of all the things that i've tried this is fabulous I mean, uh, really, going really into good. Those, this discussion about complexity, in the end, uh, with all those kind of team builder stuff, uh, be it Bloxy, where you can hook your stuff, be it the Astra hooks, or be it the Generate Press hooks, or you now the, the Generate blocks with field connections or dynamic data, however you call it, has been theme territory for years where developer build stuff for others to use. So these tools just move, I think, kind of in between the, the people who know how to do it themselves anyway, and people who build sites and maybe just need a little bit more stuff, and now they can move in this in-between area. But you still need to understand how the hierarchy in WordPress works, what is an archive page, what is a single and singular page, and stuff like that. So maybe it's for the, uh, I'm, I'm kind of fit in the category, I build sites with those tools because it's quicker and easier and I don't need the latest performance and the latest millisecond because most of the customers don't care because they don't compete with bigger sites where they might need to rank higher because they have their niche or they have their tool or they have their local audience and then they don't care if they load in 1.5 or 1.7 or 2.2 seconds as long as it doesn't take 15 seconds to load the site they just want to work with it so it's it's it's, it's, it's sometimes easy to lose uh, the the site on for what user the tools are built or who uses the tools because i mean talking about 50 to 60 percent of the web pages using wordpress that's a myriad of different customer types yeah, that's a good point. I suppose to, to Tim's point about it becoming the default at some point, when it's good enough, it will do. And But we're just used to commercial products needing to be all bells and whistles from the get-go, and this is not <laughs> that process. And as you've identified, Paul, you've kind, of, you've kind of worked that through in your own head that this is just mm -hmm. one little step at a time. When it's good enough, people, I imagine Tim's right, we'll just start using it because it works. Right, we are running out of time, so I'm going to press know, us Nathan, on. Ooh, one thing, um, I'm not. who will love this product right is your classic genesis user who used to yeah. who used to build um build their websites with hooks and filters and oh yeah. Kind of yeah 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 but the, especially the, the, the genesis user who had to um read a lot of tutorials a lot of the time and and copy and paste the code snippet because what generate gp generate press premium 2 does is essentially it's using all the hook locations throughout the website which is very very similar to uh, genesis framework but um you don't need to know code. You can swap code for the, the block editor, basically. So you can design your, your areas in there. Yeah, we've all been laughing at your your, your comments, Lee. Sorry. That's, that's good. I love you um, too, Lee. 
yeah, I'd forgotten that aspect of it. Yeah, yeah. This, this, this hook question, I mean, that's the one interesting thing I did see just today in a video with Foxy, they even allow you to target the second H2 on the side to hook then your custom block into it and display your block. So it's it's very interesting where all this leads. And uh, if more and more people use it, I wonder some of it for me would belong in the core of the Gutenberg, like those dynamic data field connection type of stuff. Because now we have generate based building their own way and Bloxy has some of it. And I don't know, Cadence already has, I'm not sure. And there was another block through it which adds that, and then there's a plugin which adds it to several blocks. So that's 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 even more crazy than it was before. Yeah. yeah. Oh dear. <laughs> oh, because no. before we had just trust codes and they worked. <laughs> I thought we were going so well there. <laughs> we're back. We're back to square one. Right. Forget it. Forget Gutenberg. Just right. I'm stopping. I'm stopping this podcast. We don't need WordPress anymore. Um, the, the, Lee is sharing some some nice comments about uh, you can't see, but Tim has a resplendent beard, and uh, my my paltry little effort. Uh, or indeed, Paul's poultry effort is, uh, is is it's not as good, frankly. Yeah, I, I even and tried just men, didn't I, the other day. <laughs> it's the lockdown beard. I've got the lockdown yeah. on top, which I've noticed you're sporting a bit of as well, Tim. Actually, I know it's yeah, the, yeah, there is the ponytail <laughs> behind. <laughs> little ponytail. Yeah, cool. yeah. Uh, right, last one then, very quickly because we've got very little time left. We're just going to mention um, that uh, oxygen users. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. Oxygen released version 3.7. They just sort of flying under the radar. I really think this is quite a quite a product. I really do like it. And whilst I don't really use it too much, I follow it really closely. And what they've got in this new new section uh, 3.7 is two things probably worth mentioning. They've got the the option to to use their new CSS grid capability. My my advice would be, rather than me trying to explain it, just watch this video of Elijah, who's the lead developer, Elijah Mills. And probably the first five minutes, he explains the UI for putting things into your CSS grid. And it's just really nicely done. You know, if you were to sit down and think, Okay, again, going back to the example of my grandmother, could my grandmother do this? No. Could she do it with oxygen? Yes. Is it really easy? Yeah. I mean, is it ridiculously easy? And the answer is yes. It's it's done really, really well. So uh, kudos to them. And secondly, something that I didn't didn't know was coming was they've got uh, the first paid for add-on for oxygen, which is called composite elements. And it's kind of like a pre-built set of things that a typical user might might want to chuck into a site. I actually can't remember the example that they used in the video, but it's typical things that they've probably noticed over time their users uh, have been menus, trying to Mega menus, that kind of thing. Counters, right? review right. boxes, uh, okay. flip boxes, dynamic sliders. Yeah, so all of the all of the bells and whistles that would require you to know a bit of JavaScript, CSS, and so on, and you, you know, typical website user might not know that stuff. So they've built it in, and I think it's twenty nine, something like twenty nine dollars a year. So that I, that's their first forays into something paid, but it looks really nice. I'm sorry, Elijah, we didn't didn't do it any justice there, did we? But um, somebody in the comments, who's that? Uh, Premnath, hello Premnath, says oxygen is awesome. That's good to know. But um, yeah, I'm done. I have nothing else to add. Like we the, always end. Was, um, I was going to say oxygen was like really uh, talked about a lot, wasn't it, in your last summit, the Page Builder Summit? So 
it was, that, that, it was, was like that was really, really, well, not a surprise as such, but it, it gained way more attention than I expected. Um, and we only had a couple of talks about this this page builder oxygen. And it, there was a lot of people who were very, it was almost like they'd got on board years ago because they were very effusive about what, the, what they could already achieve with it. But they're obviously a, a, like a, a community. Maybe it's, a, I don't know. I don't know how they run their stuff. Do they do Facebook groups or what? I don't know. But it's not something I've really dipped my toes into too much. But it was really, really well received. Um, and he's a great, um, what's the word? He's just the perfect person to make these kind of videos. He just punches it out in 10 minutes. And it's exactly what you want. It tells you what you want to know. 10 minutes done. I know nothing about Oxygen, particularly other than that video. That video was really impressive. I would love to see the CSS grid as a Gutenberg block. Yes. (laughs) Yes. You're going to build that now, aren't you? (laughs) Between now and four o'clock. No. Okay. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, that's a good point. We should probably mention that, shouldn't we? Um, Microthema can do all that kind of stuff. But um, yeah. Yeah, I always say that, don't I? You're right, Cameron. I always say we're we're about to end and then then somebody uh, pipes (laughs) up and has has extra things to add. But I'm conscious that I don't want to... Oh, I'm desperately trying to end it now because I I have to go in six minutes' time exactly. So you'll forgive me. And look, I've actually actually literally blotted Bernard out of the the video. (laughs) So... We are going to have to go, whether we like it or not. Six minutes remaining. <laughs> Five minutes remaining. Four minutes remaining. Um, thank you. Thanks for coming on, Tim, for the first time. We'd love to have you back. Um, see, see in a few months' time if things have changed. Thanks, Bernard. Thanks, Paul. Anything anybody wants to say? Anything happening this week especially? I'm just working, putting out podcasts, that kind of nonsense. Same. No, go test and Go and test pods 2.8. We need feedback. <laughs> oh, okay. Thank you. Test pods 2.8. They need feedback. All right. Very nice. Thank you very much. Now we're about to enter the bit that we do every single week where we have to awkwardly wave until StreamYard decides it's had enough of this. I press the button, but the waving could go on for any length of time. Thanks for joining us, guys. Take it easy. Bye.